was August the 24th. The year was 410. And the incident changed the world. It was the fall of the Roman Empire. We don't know exactly what happened. Some have suggested that somebody opened the gates on the inside and let the barbarians in, but in they came, killing and raping and pillaging. The bodies all over the place, the blood flowed freely. Women, Christian women, sold their bodies just to feed their children. The men who lived were so embarrassed and called to defend and could not on pain of the death of their families, starvation. The Christians, those who could, fled out of the city of Rome. Jerome, by the way, said, my heart is caught in my throat. The city that had taken the world is now taken. And the Christians fled to North Africa into the arms of a bishop, and his name was Augustine. Augustine loved Rome, and he wept when Rome fell. But that's not all he did. He sat down and he wrote a magnificent work, The City of God and The City of Man. He said he was the citizen of a kingdom where the king was not elected and nobody would ever depose him. I don't know about you, but I've been enamored with the election reportage of the past few weeks. Seems a bit early for me, and I find myself caught up in it because I'm political. <laughs> I wish Jesus would let me share my political views with you because they're better than yours. But just so you know, I'm so conservative, I think Rush Limbaugh is a communist. <laughs> and I care deeply because Jesus cared deeply about his nation. And so when I watch the election reportage, I find myself churning inside and wanting things and wanting to be angry until I hear the whisper of the kingdom. I'm ticked about a lot of things. I get the going into the temple and kicking the posterior of those who were selling in the temple and throwing them out. I get that, man. I carry a gun. And I want to say, you go, Jesus. You go. <laughs> I get that. And then the tears. What's with the tears? I have a former student who uh, preached a sermon he prepared before the election at the last presidential election. And on the Sunday after the election, he said, all over this country, there are, there are people who are rejoicing and dancing in the aisles of their churches. And he said, at the same time, all over this country, there are people in churches that are weeping and are sorrowful. And I have one message for you. 
repent and repent now. Some of you have put too much faith in a man and the rest of you have put too little faith in God. I get that. I teach a course in the seminary to our D-Men students called Communicating the Postmoderns. And we've seen a radical cultural shift in our culture. I mean, it'll blow you away and it affects how you talk to people so they will listen. We don't have the power we used to have. We don't have the influence we used to have. And that's bad. No, that's good. Because now we got to do it the way Jesus did it. How come we don't affect our culture? Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw everybody to myself. Last time I looked, that's not happening. Why isn't, why isn't what's happening here this morning, and this was so good, why isn't that happening all across our nation? I mean, we got the message we got the power. We got the truth. We've got the feet. What's it? Why is it not happening? I think, I think I know. We don't have the tears. I've been struggling with this of late. Let me share some with you. If you look at the text, Jesus spoke truth. Killing the prophets, he said. He spoke the truth. He said, my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations, and you made it a den of thieves. He spoke the truth. And then he wept. We speak the truth without tears, and it's arrogant. Tony Campolo's my beloved friend. We've been friends longer than most of you have been alive. Did a television show on the Odyssey Network uh, for a year out of New York. And just so you know, if I owned hell in New York, I'd live in hell and rent New York out. I just... <laughs> we'll take that out of the tape. But neither Tony or I have time to do that sort of thing. But we wanted to demonstrate how two guys who disagree about everything except Jesus can love each other. He's my pinko commie friend, and I'm his right-wing reactionary, gun-carrying, mean friend. And you know, all over the country when that television show was on and they're showing it in Canada now, people would say, you know, you, you guys love each other, don't you? And we do deeply and profoundly. Tony said, I was telling the guys, I wouldn't say this, but Tony said we could put our heads together in moon America. Never pull our pants down. I heard, because I read it in World Magazine, that Tony had spoken for a gay and lesbian convention, and they had given him a standing ovation. And when I read it, I picked up a phone and I said, Tony, 
did you, is that true? He said, yeah, but that's not the whole story. And next week, World is going to issue a retraction. And Joel Belts and the people at World are my friends, and I knew they would if they got it wrong. He said, let me tell you what happened. He said, they invited me to go. Would you have gone? And I said, yeah, I would have gone. I'm on the board of Harvest USA and I have great compassion. I'd have gone. He said, of course you would have. Jesus would have gone too. How often do you get an opportunity like that? So I had this speech prepared and I got up and I started by saying, guys, I love you. I wish I could tell you that what you're doing is right, but it's not. It's going to kill you. And I don't, and then he said, I lost it. And I started crying. And then I started sobbing and I couldn't get it together. And he said, that's when they gave me a standing ovation. You got to speak truth, guys. We've been given a rare gift and that's truth. As my friend Francis Schaeffer used to say, it's true truth. And we can't compromise it. We can't back off on it. The truth is that men are sinners and they're lost. And the truth is that we're worse than they are except for one thing and it's Jesus. We've been hugged when we smelled. And we gotta hug the world. got to speak the truth. But, but if you can't weep over yourself and then forget it, it's just arrogance. Jesus showed mercy <laughs> in the text. He said, and you can just see it, how often I would have gathered you. This is the real Jesus. This is the real God who's not angry at people. How often I would have gathered you as a, as a mother hen would gather her chicks. And you would not. And then he wept. I tell you, mercy without tears is nothing more or less than do-goodism. We, the together, will help the poor and the needy and the sinful. No no surprise, they don't. I have a place in my heart for Israel. I went there to work on a book on anti-Semitism. Others wrote the book, and I'm glad because I didn't want that to be my entire ministry. But, I, but Israel breaks my heart, and I love my Jewish friends. And I have taught and have said this in a thousand places around the world that if you have a Jewish friend and you witness to that Jewish friend, first apologize for what's been done in the name of Jesus because it's not good. Martin Luther, we say, well, they weren't real. Yeah, they were. Chrysostom said the synagogue should be burned and Luther said things about Jews that would make you wince. And every Jew knows so before you say anything about Jesus, ask forgiveness for what's been done in Jesus' name. Then do it with tears. I got a letter from a lady 
said, Steve, I've been listening to you for a long time and you're teaching on Israel. I was on an airplane the other day. I really blew it and I needed to confess it. And I was interesting, I was reading the letter and she said, I was sitting next to this lady and she told me she was Jewish and I remembered what you said. And so I closed my book and I turned to her and I said, I'm a Christian. And she said, I'm so sorry. And she said, then I started crying. <laughs> and she said, I couldn't talk, I was crying so hard. And he said, she said, this sweet Jewish lady's patting me on the back and saying, honey, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. And she said, I blew it and I'm so sorry. I got another letter the next week and she said, guess what? That Jewish lady called me and she wants to come to my church this Sunday. Mercy defines us the way heat defines fire. That's who we are. We have to show mercy because we're so screwed up. When Bill Clinton, I can't believe I'm quoting Bill Clinton. <laughs> and I'm cold stone sober. <laughs> Bill Clinton, when he was asked after the impeachment, are you gonna forgive those people? And he said, people who need forgiveness have, have got to forgive. So as we show mercy, as we feed the hungry and reach out to the oppressed and hug people that we don't want to hug, that's who we are. But if you don't do it with tears, don't do it. Because you'll come over a nice do-gooder and they'll take your food and your money and your love and they'll stomp on it. That's the power of Jesus. He spoke truth, but with tears. He showed mercy and with tears. And then he gave himself with tears. The context of the text is as Jesus moves into Jerusalem to die, spread eagle on cross beams on the town garbage heap for us. Not only spoke truth, not only showed mercy, but then he gave himself and he gave it with tears. And when we give ourselves without tears, it's nothing but self-righteousness. I was uh, telling the guys uh, a couple of months ago, I was at Malone University debating Shane Claiborne on the subject of civil disobedience. His views are insane, but he smells like Jesus, and I don't know how to deal with that. Malone University, there were two or 3,000 kids there, is a Quaker institution. I carry a gun, which make me not very welcome on that campus. And we had a good debate and it went well and I was pleased with it and I love him for a lot of reasons. He's got dreadlocks down to his navel. That drives me nuts. I mean, 
I have a problem in that area, and there's a little bit of jealousy. And some guy came to me after the service and said, Steve, this was like a Daniel in a lion's den. And then he said, you shined. And he said, you know why? And I said, because I'm so good looking. And he said, no, it ain't that. Because I talk so good. And he said, no, it's not that good because I'm so brilliant and have read so many books. And he said, are you kidding? You shined because you were here. And you cared. So we give ourselves. It was the last time you went to a bar and wept. When was the last time you stood outside of an abortion clinic, not with self-righteousness, and wept? When was the last time you stood by a strip club and wept because they're you. You're no different. No different. And if that didn't bring tears, I have a friend in uh, Atlanta. Her name is Victoria Teague. Victoria and Jeff are the sweetest people you ever met. I'm on the staff at Perimeter Church there. And at the end, when they make you stand there and people drink tea and stuff. She came up to me and said, Steve, would you help me with my ministry? And I wanted to say, yeah, but I don't sew. I said, what's your ministry? And she said, I'm a stripper and a whore. And I said, what? She got two little kids, man. This looks like something out of a storybook and a picket fence. What are you? No, you're not a stripper. She said, oh yeah. Well, I'm not now, but I was. And then she said, and I've got so many friends I want to tell about Jesus, and she cried. And so ask God for the truth, that's important, because none of this means anything if it's not true. Ask him that you have a broken heart for the world, because that's what we're like. But ask him for the tears, and then for God's sake, show. The world, don't sit in church, show, just show up. Do you know something? You smell like Jesus and you can't help it. You say, no, I don't, man. You don't know, I don't care. You smell like Jesus and you can't help it. I had some guys from Iowa come to me. They called and asked Kathy if they could, my assistant said, we're, we're, three of us are coming from uh, Iowa, and I'm a pastor. I got two guys in my church, and we want to have lunch with Steve. And she said he'd like that, so she set it up. And they showed up, and they looked like professional wrestlers. Have you ever seen those guys? You know, with necks bigger than your thighs, or just like this. And all they could do was talk about Jesus. And I thought, well, I'm glad they're on our side. And we went, we went to a restaurant where I go a lot. And when they walked in, everybody got quiet. They said, we're here in Jesus name. And I went, oh, be quiet. And uh, the, 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 the hostess that took us to our table, the, one of the guys gave her a $20 bill and he said, honey. And I said, don't say honey. That's not, he said, honey, that's not a tip. 
That's because you were so nice to us. He said, we're going to take care of the tip later on. He said, and then they were loud and talking about Jesus. And pretty soon people kind of got into it. And it was kind of a nice thing. We got up to leave and I started to leave a tip. And the pastor hit my hand and said, I said, we're going to take care of it. And so we left. I don't know how much he left, but I think I saw that waitress driving Mercedes the week after. <laughs> we, got, we got out and they, uh, and they said, can we get a picture with you? And I said, sure, man, that's cool. And uh, this kid came out of the restaurant and one of, one of the deacons said, son, come here. And he said, yes, sir. He said, hold his camera and take a picture of us. And so I got between them. And did like this, and they took a picture. I walked off in a parking lot. By the way, I smoke a pipe. It's the only sin I've got left, all right? I still hug girls. I just don't remember why. And if I chase them, they got to be running downhill in my direction, okay? So I smoke a pipe, okay? I used to try to hide it, but I can't anymore because everybody knows it. But anyway, I'm out there, and I get the picture. And... Uh, then I walked off into the parking lot after the picture to get in my car. And I turned around and I said, you know something, you guys? You smell like Jesus. And the biggest one said, and you smell like smoke. <laughs> and then, he, then he didn't want to offend me. You know, I'm ordained and have connections. And he said... Uh, but expensive uh, smoke, tobacco. <laughs> Guys, in the laughter, you can't help it. When you laugh, get out of here and show up in strange places. I don't care where you've been or what you've done, just show, because you smell like Jesus and you can't help it. Are you familiar, and I'm finished with this, I just heard my stomach growl. You know why they have services this time on Sunday morning to keep the preacher from going all day because he gets hungry too. If you haven't discovered Wendell Berry, you ought to read his books. They're so sensitive and so beautiful. Uh, I don't like his politics, but I love his writing. And he has a book, it's called Jaber Crow. Let me tell you about it. It's about this guy who went to seminary and flunked out and he couldn't make it. So he comes back to Port William where he lives in Kentucky, this little town. And the whole book is about Port William. The former seminary student becomes the barber in the little town. And he cuts everybody's hair. He's also the part-time janitor at the little Methodist church. And so sometimes he'll go and clean up the Methodist church and throughout the book, and at the end, he's living down by the river and remembering what Port William was about. And it's a sensitive, quiet, wonderful book. Jaber Crow uh, one time fell asleep on the, on the pew at that little Methodist church. He was, he'd do that often when he needed a nap. And he had a dream. And he dreamed that everybody in the town of Port William was in the church, the liars and the prostitutes and, and uh, the scoundrels and the saints. 
the people who were givers and the people who were takers, the con artists, the gentle people, all of them were there in that church at one time. And Jaber Crow wakes up and he finds that he's weeping. Ask him for the tears. The one who looked over Jerusalem and Fort Lauderdale and America and the world and wept. When you get the tears, get out of the way. Because <laughs> that's when the power comes. You think about that. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this message was a reminder that God's not mad at you. For more free and freeing sermons and articles like this, be sure to check out the rest of the app or visit us at keylife.org. Thank you.